For the ones who get it done, the most important part is the one you need now. And the best partner is the one who can deliver. That's why millions of maintenance and repair pros trust Granger, Because we have professional-grade supplies for every industry, even hard-to-find products. And we have same-day pickup and next-day delivery on most orders. But most importantly, we have an unwavering commitment to help keep you up and running. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. I quietly sat up, leaned towards the wall, and peered through one of the cracks. And he was standing right there, the old man and his dog. I'm Tom Stewart, and this is my paranormal story. Well, after a short break for the holidays and another two week long bout with COVID, I'm back on my feet, and I'm back with a new episode for the podcast. I really wish I could add new stories more often, but so much has been getting in the way lately. But I appreciate you sticking with me and subscribing so that you don't miss out on any notifications. And I know some of you have gone back and listened to older episodes for a second and third time, which is really cool. So thank you for being there. I've gotten quite a few emails over the past couple of months, and I'm pretty sure I replied to all of them. So thank you for your comments, feedback, and stories. If you ever want to email me about the podcast, about the paranormal, or if you just want to share your story, please do. I love reading your messages. You can email me at myparanormalstorypodcast at gmail.com. I personally read and reply to every email. I also want to thank Darren Buss and Taryn Kerper for having me on their podcast, Paranormal Question of the Day, back in December. We had a lot of fun, and you should check out that podcast when you get a chance. And don't forget, if you have a podcast and you want to have me as a guest, just shoot me an email. Let me know when. It doesn't have to be a paranormal podcast either. I mean, we can talk about the paranormal or any of my stories or even just podcasting in general. Email me or look for me on Facebook and Instagram. Just search for My Paranormal Story. Okay, that's enough business talk, I think. Here's my latest episode. I was talking to an old friend on Facebook recently. We grew up together back in the day. We lived close to each other, and we went to the same school and played Little League together. Now, I wouldn't really say that we're still close friends, but thanks to social media, we've managed to stay in touch here and there over the years. He was telling me that he just started listening to my podcast. And I was like, dude, it's been on for five years. Where you been? But I guess some people are still just discovering my stories. He did compliment me, though. Said he was enjoying the podcast with his son, but he was wondering why I haven't told the story about the man on the train tracks. And like many of my stories, I had totally forgotten about it until he reminded me. As we were talking in private message for a while, we went back and forth reminiscing about the old times 
when we used to hang out on some old train tracks in our home city of Pawtucket, Rhode Island. And this is where we used to see the old man. I don't remember how Aaron and I first met, probably in middle school. We weren't best friends or anything, but I remember hanging out with him a lot one summer. We were both the same age, around 14, and we had a lot of similar interests. We both loved sports, we both loved riding skateboards, and we both loved hanging out, just having fun and being kids. Occasionally, I would sleep over his house, and we'd stay up all night playing games and goofing around. I don't know if kids do sleepovers much these days, but back when I was a kid, it was common for friends to sleep over at other friends' houses. I mean, usually there were adults around, and everyone knew where you were. But sometimes, when I would sleep over Aaron's house, we wouldn't actually sleep at his parents' house. We'd stay over at his sister's place. Her name was Nikki. She was a lot older than us, like 24 or 25 years old, and she was kind of like a third parent for Aaron. She was always looking out for him and watching him, and she was doing pretty well for herself for her age, working as a nurse or something medical-related, I think. I remember she was always wearing blue scrubs with a name tag on. She lived on her own, not too far from where we lived. She didn't have a house or an apartment, though. She had her own mobile home in a trailer park in Pawtucket. She was probably just renting the small mobile home, and it wasn't much to look at, really, but it was hers. It was small but cozy, just the right size for her, and she seemed pretty happy with it. She lived alone, so I think she enjoyed it when we would visit and stay the night. The trailer park she lived in was pretty big. It was filled with dozens of mobile homes, all different shapes and colors. Some of them looked a little beat up, but others looked almost like real houses. And they were all spread out in different areas, surrounded by woods and trees. But Nikki's mobile home was towards the back, kind of set in the woods away from the other mobile homes, which I think she liked. She didn't have any neighbors real close by, and it gave her more privacy and a bigger backyard. The only downfall was that there were train tracks on the other side of the trees, just a short walk away from her home. Today, these train tracks have been rebuilt and refurbished, and they're used quite a bit for commuter rail service from Providence to Attleboro, and eventually all the way up to Boston if you want. But back then, the tracks were a bit old and weren't being used as much. Just the occasional freight train would go by. And when it did, boy, did it make a racket. It was usually right around dinner time too, and it would shake the whole mobile home. Dishes and glasses and windows would clatter. It was like a mini earthquake for just a minute or two. But luckily, it wasn't a daily thing. More like once every few days. And then, when the circus was in town, we'd get to watch the train go by as it was slowly pulling into Providence. Every year, the Ringling Brothers and Barnum and Bailey Circus would come to Rhode Island and perform for a week or two at the Civic Center. And that was how they traveled, by train. I still remember. It was a silver train with Ringling Brothers written in red paint on the side. I guess somehow 
they fit all of their performers and workers and equipment onto that train. Even the animals, I suppose. And I assume they all lived on the train, just traveling from town to town. Aaron and I used to spend a lot of time walking on the train tracks. We'd follow the rails and take long walks one way or the other. I remember early on that summer we decided to walk all the way towards Providence to try and get a close-up look at the circus train parked just outside the city. I wanted to see if they actually kept the elephants and lions on the train. I was curious. But man, it turned out to be a longer walk than we thought. And by the time we got close enough to see the train in the distance, some police officers spotted us and made us turn back. I think they were railroad police. They were all official with uniforms, badges, and guns. Keeping an eye on things, I guess. Making sure meandering kids like us didn't get too close. And it was a long walk back. But I always did a lot of walking when I was a kid. I think it was our return trip from the circus train that we saw the old man and his dog for the first time. It wasn't uncommon to see people walking near the tracks now and then, but on several occasions, we would see this old man with long hair, dressed in a camouflage jacket and corduroy pants walking on the tracks. I mean, he probably wasn't too old, but he seemed old to us. And he always had his dog with him on a leash some sort of German shepherd mix or something. And he and his dog would always be walking way up ahead of us on the tracks or somewhere way behind us. We'd always see him and hope to catch up to him, just to meet his dog mostly. But they'd always be gone by the time we get to him. One of our other favorite things to do on the train tracks was to hang out in this old train car that was on the side of the railroad. It was an old red freight train with a big sliding door. It was almost directly behind Nikki's mobile home. You could see it from her window. And it quickly became one of our favorite hangouts. Aaron and I would sit inside of it or on top of it. It was like our own little clubhouse right near the train tracks. The train car was kind of old and weather-beaten just abandoned there for some reason. There was an old metal ladder on the side that we could climb up to get onto the roof, which was pretty cool, because from up there we could see all over the place, over the mobile homes and all the way down the tracks, in both directions. It was a pretty cool place for us to hang out. I mean, we were 14-year-old boys. It was far enough away from the train tracks that it was safe, but a couple of times while we were playing inside, one of those freight trains went by, and man, it felt like the train was gonna go right through us. Even with the big sliding door closed, we could feel the air rushing by, almost sucking us in. But most of the time, it was quiet, and this train car was just our little sanctuary. One night we had an idea wouldn't it be cool to camp out in the old train car? You know, just spend the night out there. Nikki didn't seem to mind. I mean, she could see us from the mobile home and we were within shouting distance. Plus, this was the 80s and kids could do a lot of things back then that you wouldn't do today. 
We brought our sleeping bags and a couple of battery-operated camping lanterns and backpacks full of snacks and games. It was summer, so it wasn't too cold at night. We set up our sleeping bags, closed the sliding door, and spent the night playing Dungeons and Dragons until we couldn't keep our eyes open anymore. It was a real Stranger Things kind of moment. I was a little nervous at first. I thought for sure some railroad police would come by that night, see our lanterns through the cracks in the walls and kick us out. But surprisingly, the police never came our way. We played D&D for like two or three hours before eventually settling into our sleeping bags. But before either one of us could fall asleep, we were startled by the sound of a dog growling and barking. Nobody in the trailer park was allowed to have dogs, so it had to be a stray or something. It just kept barking and growling right outside the train car, and it sounded like it was coming from all directions. Aaron and I just sat there, curled up in our sleeping bags, staring at each other, not saying a word. We didn't know what to do. Finally, after about five or ten minutes, the barking stopped and we just sat there and waited quietly. Finally, I slowly slid the door open and looked around. Once we felt like the coast was clear, we both sprinted back to the mobile home and slept in the living room that night. The next morning, we went back to the train car to get all of our stuff that we left behind, and everything had been thrown around like a hurricane had gone through the car. My sleeping bag was up against the wall, the lanterns were knocked over, game pieces and snacks were spread out all over the place. It was crazy. We didn't know what to think. So we cleaned it up, packed it up, and headed back home. The following week, we decided to give camping in the old train car another try, hoping this time no dogs would come by and scare us. We set up our sleeping bags and lanterns and we slid the door closed tight. This time, we decided not to bring any snacks. Aaron thought maybe it was the smell of the food that made that stray dog go crazy last time. Made sense to me. We played Dungeons and Dragons, sipped on some Mountain Dews, and quickly forgot all about the Cujo episode from last week. And once it started getting late, and we were throwing yawns at each other, we decided to get in our sleeping bags and call it a night. And we both managed to fall asleep this time and slept through most of the night. Early the next morning, I woke up needing to pee. Too much Mountain Dew, probably. The sun was just rising and the sky was pink and blue. Aaron was still fast asleep, so as quietly as I could, I slid the train door open and hopped out to go do my business in the nearby trees. As I was standing there, just down a ways, I could see that same old man with his dog walking on the tracks. I was pretty sure neither one had seen me, so I finished up quickly and got back into the train car. I closed the door quietly and got back into my sleeping bag. And as I was dozing off, I heard what sounded like footsteps outside the train car. 
Maybe it was the old man with his dog walking by, I thought. So I quietly sat up, leaned towards the wall, and peered through one of the cracks. And standing right there in front of the train, like five feet away, was the old man and his dog. They were both standing there, motionless, just looking at me. He was wearing that same old camouflage jacket and corduroy jeans, and he was looking right through me, as if he knew I was looking at him. All of a sudden, Aaron woke up and startled me. I jumped backwards as he asked me, What are you looking at? It's the old man and his dog, I told him. They're right outside. Aaron sat up to look through one of the cracks near him, when suddenly we both heard an old, gravelly voice say, You shouldn't be here. We both looked at each other in horror. Aaron's face was pale white. Mine too, I'm guessing. We sat back in our sleeping bags, trembling, hoping the old man wasn't going to open the door or say anything else. What did he even mean by that? We were both too afraid to open the door or look through the cracks or even move. So we just sat there for what felt like forever. Finally, I worked up the nerve to lean forward and look through the crack one more time. I pressed my face against the wall and looked out. And the old man was gone. No sign of him or his dog. That was the last time we ever slept overnight in that train car. But even though we kept getting spooked, I still kind of missed it. It was kind of fun spending the night in that old train car. For the rest of the summer, we would still spend time in and on the train car, but only during the day. And we would still walk the tracks and do our usual kid things. But we never did see the old man and his dog again. And even though he scared the crap out of us that night, I kind of missed seeing him. One evening, towards the end of the season, Aaron and I were hanging out on the roof of the old train car one more time, just sitting there and watching the sun go down, talking and whatnot. When suddenly, from out of nowhere, a police car came driving down the side of the tracks. It said railroad police on the side. And I was like, uh-oh, are we in trouble? Once they saw us, they stopped and got out. Two police officers in full uniform started walking towards us. We didn't know what to do. They didn't look mad, but I had a feeling they were about to kick us out. They asked us our names and where we lived, and we told them. And the older officer who had been driving explained to us that it was their job to make sure no one was on the train tracks, especially two kids like us. He told us we should head back to the mobile home. It's too dangerous to be hanging around on the train tracks. It's for your own safety, he said. Then suddenly, the younger officer spoke up and said, 
Yeah, just last year, a man was walking his dog on the tracks and got hit by a train. You don't want that to happen to you. Aaron and I looked at each other in shock as the older officer scolded the younger one. Don't go telling kids horrific stories like that. My Paranormal Story is written, produced, and narrated by me, Tom Stewart. Music from this episode, courtesy of Kevin McLeod at Incompetech.com. Remember, this podcast is free, and I never charge you money to hear bonus material or make you sign up for Patreons. So if you'd like to support the podcast and help me keep it going, you can click on the donate button on my website at MyParanormalStory.com. I've also got t-shirts and coffee mugs for sale. Unfortunately, podcasts cost money, and your support helps me keep the podcast running. Every little bit helps. You can also check out my book called The 10 Best Tools for Ghost Hunting. I've spent many years as a paranormal investigator, and if you've ever wanted to learn more about the gadgets we use on investigations, you can check it out on Audible, Kindle, or Amazon.com. Please help my podcast grow by sharing your favorite episodes with your friends on social media. And feel free to follow me on Facebook and Instagram. Just search for My Paranormal Story. If you have a podcast and would like to have me as a guest, or if you'd like to ask me a question or tell me your paranormal story, you can email me at myparanormalstorypodcast at gmail.com. I always reply personally to every email. Thanks for listening. I'm Tom Stewart, and this is My Paranormal Story. Life's better with American Family Insurance because our home policies help protect your dreams and come with peace of mind. Save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote, find an agent at amfam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit amfam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin.